What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast. I'm your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me LBZ, L Boogie, Big Brian, Brian Brian, B Brian, LB, Ronnie, whatever you choose. Welcome to episode 53. We have a very, 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 very special guest, Armand Jones, is on the show today. Uh, I believe he is a Milwaukee, Wisconsin native, uh, but he grew up in Atlanta, Georgia where he was a mainstay in basketball. Uh, he attended uh, preparatory school first, um, I believe, Cherish Prep in North Carolina. From there, he went to the University of Liberty in Virginia, uh, where he was a power forward. Uh, then he transferred from there to Clayton State, which is in Georgia as well. Uh, now he is an entrepreneur in the Atlanta area, has his hands in several different things. Um, we used to work together in our, in our, in our, in our early twenties as fresh college graduates. So super, super uber excited for him to jump on. I just sent him the link. And once he jumps on, we will go. And yeah. You yeah, you should just have to hit like a little thing on on the on the corner of your phone where it say audio, so I can hear you. Oh yeah, there there it go. You can hear it. Yeah, I can hear you. What's good with you, bro? What's going on, man? Hey, I can't call it. I can't call it. Hey, I appreciate you 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 jumping on, man. Um. So yeah, I think I told you, this is called the After Effects show. It's just a free and safe space for us former athletes and some current athletes uh, to come on and just talk about our athletic experience, kind of relive our, our athletic journey a little bit. I think it's far in our stories. And then kind of talk about uh, like just that transition out, man. I feel like that, that transition out is always lost in translation. You got a 20 plus year relationship with, for me, football, with you, basketball. Then when it's all over, we just supposed to like, you know what I mean, transition to something different and, and it's far in our story. So that's the ethos of the podcast, man. All right, that'll work. Um, yes, sir. So I'm gonna just go with you. Want to just, just narrate, or you just want to ask me specific oh, questions? Oh, oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got questions. So before I go into okay, your childhood, okay. before I go into your childhood and all that, I just, I, I, I love talking like current events. So I'll ask you just two current events. Um, you know the uh, the NBA the, the the NBA playoffs, and we've had several talks about the playoffs. I see you got the Lakers hat on, so um, the playoffs are starting soon. So who you got winning the NBA championship this year? This year, uh, I still got the Lakers. You already know. You yeah, know I yeah. got the Lakers. <laughs> what you think about what you think about um how they navigated through the season with AD just coming back after being out two months, Bronny taking his time. I I feel like he could have been came back and played, but he just say he kind of taking his time right now. So what you what's your take on that? Uh, I, I first I want to say them picking up um Andre Drummond was 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 smart. Because yeah. they need that size. They need to. The, the, I would. I would imagine the game strategy that they would go with would be uh, kind of like that. That big ball game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it seems like their biggest opponent is going to be the Nets, right? Yeah. And the Clippers. So Clippers got a lot of small ball game. Don't really have a good interior players. So with AD not really wanting to play center like that, them throwing in Drummond who can get you shit. Fucking you know, 15 rebounds. Exactly. 20 and 20, 15 and 15, yeah. 
Exactly. So now you open up, you let AD be able to stay away from the center position because that's what he don't like. He don't want to be touched like that. But he knows how to use his size against the fours and the threes. And then you let LeBron really facilitate that. LeBron ain't really had a lot of big men with good hands that can catch the oop, that can catch the drop down. So now LeBron comes back. It's going to take a couple games to get some chemistry going, but – you know that. I mean, I, I I think the Lakers in a good place. I mean, fifth place without two stars is a good look. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I I totally agree. I I I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I mean, I I think Bron should come back in about a week because, like, four to five games for him to find for, for them to find a chemistry. I'm not sure if that's enough. I, I would rather see like kind of eight or nine. You know what I mean? Before exactly. before the playoffs start. But as we know, Bronny's been in the playoffs 10, 11 straight years, so he he going to figure it out <laughs> either way. Out. Either way. And, that's, you know, that's why Bron is, is able to dominate on that, that long level is because it's more mental with him. I mean, he got the size. The body exactly. ain't slowed down all the way. But, I mean, all the young players coming into the league today, I don't really see them using their brains like that. So it's like – Right. All the all the older players, the Kobe, the KGs, the, that that generation that was a little more smart. He doesn't have yeah. to play against that no more. So now all he has to do is just learn how to you know kill these guys with a game plan. Right, and right. I, I, I see I, another I, I chip totally coming. Agree. And I feel like if he gets the chip this year, you know, against you, there's no team, arguing with him. Yeah, right. I'm not arguing <laughs> the goat argument no more. We're not talking about it. That's five rings, three right. different organizations. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And arguably, two rings against the two best players and two best NBA teams in history. You know what I'm saying? I'm so it's like I'm I won't talk you. about it no more. Right, and, and, and we've and we've and we've had several conversations about basketball, but I, to me, I still don't even see why, why they compare Michael to to LeBron. They, they got two different games. They got two different right. games. Bron is, is is way more is, is a much better overall player than Michael Jordan. Of course, we all know Michael Jordan is a better scorer. But like you said, if if Brian get to get the championship this year, and my thing is, if you really a hooper or, or no basketball, the Nets it's not gonna be easy to even get out the East. <laughs> it's not gonna be easy to beat the Sixers and the Bucks. That's not gonna be easy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, I, I feel like the problem is is that we don't appreciate stuff until it ain't there no more. And it's like you can't appreciate greatness while it's in front of you. It's like yeah. He has a different mindset than Mike. Mike was a scorer. Bron's a facilitator. But Bron has – that's even what makes Bron so cold. It's like he ain't even looking to score, and he's still getting you 30 on 17 attempts. I mean, exactly. he ain't taking no shots away from nobody else, and he's still efficient. So it's like, to me, yeah, it's not what we like to see in basketball. A lot of people like to see in basketball is run up the scoreboard and take over. That's right. all the things you've been about watching movies and whatever. But it's like, bro, the right. real win yeah. is – the fact that Bron is a winner, bro. Everybody like he losing the finals. I'm like, bro, if the if the worst a man can do is lose in the NBA finals every year, <laughs> right. you want that every time, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Jordan definitely got a better finals record, has put up more points, but also too, that's what he looked to do every night. And exactly. people always forget that you know the day that you know when Jordan sat out that year. The Bulls damn near went back to the finals without him. So it's like, right. is it right. or is it system? And and you got Scotty. You got to keep Scotty exactly. on, on the exactly. You know and, and, and and Phil Jackson had them boys hooping that year. I, I remember that year. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, Bron Bron had a couple teams where they was uh, some scrubs. You know what I'm saying? Like that first <laughs> team, and then yeah. that team that he took 
finals without Kyrie and Kevin Love. When you had Kevin Love and you had Kyrie, they was trash too. So I'm just worried, right. y'all. Right? And and Man. and that and, and and that finals, even though he lost, he averaged like 42. Like <laughs> he averaged like 42, 12, and nine in that in that finals. <laughs> that finals they went to when Kyrie and K Love got hurt the first year. Bron yeah. scored like a hundred points in like a week. You know what I'm saying? That, like, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> people like I like like you said. I just feel like people people don't give Brown his just due. Now, some people that really know basketball, they do, but still, I just feel like the the, the hate is real for Brown, man. <laughs> one more um one more current event question. Obviously, 2020 was the weirdest year to date, man. Since me and you have been alive on this earth, we never walked through a coronavirus pandemic. The world has never shut down. Uh, even though we're almost mid year 2021, how how did you have to grow? in 2020 just with all those different factors with the with the world shutting down uh you know people losing their jobs people you got you got to figure you got to kind of just like figure life out figure out how to pivot what were some things that stood out to you you know that 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 changed as far as how you move now how you see the world i, I guess i when it comes to like how i view everything is like whatever your your mentality and the energy you put out is what you're going to attract no matter what's going around around you mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying the reality that you perceive is, is based on your consciousness. So it's like me, I actually saw a lot of growth in 2020 as far mm-hmm. as like, you know, it's kind of like you see what you want to see. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you want to see people losing their jobs and you pay attention to the negatives, then yeah, that's going to stand out to you. But I saw a lot of people become millionaires this year. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot mm-hmm. of cats, you know, have been grinding and doing their thing for a long time, really broke breakthrough. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of money made in e-commerce this year and mm-hmm. definitely a lot of money and um platforms like uh, toro and airbnb you know what yeah. i mean so this really to me it really like show people like who had that mindset like yo it's time to get it because it's people mm-hmm. spending money but still uh, to me a lot of money being spent because people were in the house so they were spending money in different ways you know what i mean spending mm-hmm. money over mm-hmm. the internet you know amazon all these these big companies you can't tell it was a pandemic for them. They got, you know, record best numbers. Exactly. Billion. I mean, oh boy had a divorce, lost half his money and made back all that and more. So it's like, all right, that's fast. People eating, it just all depends on definitely. I saw the, the other things, the, the effects that it has on us socially. Um, it's never going to really be a, a new normal, especially, mm-hmm. but I mean, definitely going to go, go back to what it was. But like I said, man, like Lamborghini sold more Lamborghinis this year than any other year in, in the history yeah. of the company. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So <laughs> money spent. Somebody was getting to the bread. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. A lot of people opening eyes to cryptocurrencies and, and marketing and, and learning mm-hmm. how to use the market, learning how to invest in the market. These are things mm-hmm. that are like subjects that, at least in our in our community of color, you know what I mean? Like definitely people weren't open to knowing exactly. about it. Now it's like people have used that strategy to, you know, take some of the same markets that we weren't in, and now you know we dominating them and getting money in them. So it's, I think it's a good look. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely, man. I, I can attest to all that. Uh, for me, it was just uh, pretty, pretty much the same, man. Just trying to thumb through more books, like you said. Understand uh, cryptocurrency and stocks more. I, I, I put a little bit more more money in the stocks than what I had before <clears throat> before cryptocurrency. I've been. I've been studying on e-commerce for like over a year now. I got a, I got a super dope idea that I'm probably gonna launch like this summer, uh, uh for like for athleisure brand. Since as you know me, I'm always in the gym working out, working out. So, uh, yeah, man, just but just like you said, just this elevation, man. 2020, 
it was so weird. We had to pivot in so many ways, man. So I, I appreciate your honest candor on that, man. So um, we could dive into your childhood, bro. So, because I know we've talked several times. I, so did you grow up in Atlanta or or were you born in was Milwaukee? Because I know you said you, you spent some time there too. Yeah, man. I actually didn't move to Atlanta until like end of middle school, eighth grade, man. Like um, okay. second half. Of, I spent the majority of my childhood in Atlanta, in Milwaukee. Uh, okay. What, what, what was the culture? What was it? Just, just give me an inside look, because obviously I grew up in Cleveland, but I always hear things like the inner city of Milwaukee is, is, is pretty similar to your Cleveland, Detroit, St. Louis, things of that nature. So give me an inside look <laughs> on what that was what that was like growing up in the 90s, the culture there, before you moved to Atlanta. You know, what's funny is I always tell people I'm from Milwaukee, they always think it's like a bunch of, you know, keys, and they always think about like Green Bay. Or, they think about, they, they think about Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of white folks, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess it depends on where you live at in the city, but the city is like every, a lot of those major industrial cities that a lot of uh, our people moved to back in the day. It's like those cities are very segregated. You know what I'm saying? It's so, you know, like I lived in Milwaukee, man. I didn't go to school with white kids. I didn't really see white people unless they was teachers or police. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, same here. Same here. It's, it's a different, you know, and people always, have these these different conceptions but i'm just like man it's just like chicago it's just it's it's a different kind of level of of intelligence when it comes to respect towards each other and it's a lot of ignorant things that i grew up on in the 90s that i saw a lot of gang mm-hmm. culture you know device mm-hmm. was really taking up and i'm be honest like, i wasn't raised in that way i was in the midst of it but i wasn't of it you know what i'm right. saying because my dude just wasn't, she didn't raise me that way, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, my parents the same way, yeah. It was like a breath of fresh air, you know what I'm saying? Like, I actually went, I stayed in College Park for a little bit, but then we ended up moving out to Cobb County, which is like Powder Springs, McEachern, you know, it's, it's got yeah. its own little culture. It's, it's yeah. a, a lot more integrated area. And um, it's funny because I was growing up, I was going to high school with kids that was, coming from good situations and they, and they didn't see it because I guess that's all they knew especially yeah. you know what I'm saying look like me so it was like kids was aggressive and cats was like wanting to be hood and I'm like bro yeah. that's not what you want <laughs> right right like, right that, right that's not even you you're not even cut like that <laughs> like oh, neighborhood is straight you you know you come from a two-parent household you know it's got a cul-de-sac neighborhood we playing ball outside we ain't got to worry about nobody taking nothing from us or right, you know right. what I'm saying come up. so it's like these these cats was really uh and you know they I guess they kind of took my kindness or weakness because I I was just like I didn't believe the hype so even when they was trying to be hood around me it was like I just didn't say nothing because I just was like man I I'm just looking at it from a, a more adult perspective like oh, y'all really mm-hmm. front now but right 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 other than, <laughs> oh yeah you yeah, we, we we know we know what that looked like <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Cassius, we trying to get me to get into fights and different stuff like that. And I just wasn't, I wasn't up on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm used to having to fight for a reason, like, not disagreeing. It's like, all right, man, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because where yeah. I'm from, it's like, you don't start them kind of arguments because you don't know who you're dealing with. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Let's like, take the sneakers off my feet. I ain't really trying to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not going to get Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's facts. Um, so, man, talk about, like, like when you started to come into your own at, at basketball, I, I always feel like any D1 athlete, football, basketball, you always know like when that light switch hit on. For me, for me, it was like 10th grade when you start getting all those letters 
uh, in the mail. Those scholarship offers started to come. You started to get recruited really heavily. All the local accolades and awards started to come. Like you hit that growth spurt, you get stronger in the weight room. So like, when was that for you in high school when that kind of, when that lights was going? And then the, the 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 recruitment started, you started hearing from schools and things like that. I'm gonna keep it keep it real with you, Brian. You know, like you you always I watch your your, your show and you got you got some 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 dudes that are really accomplished a lot on your show and, and it's different it's different ranges of success in sports. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like I'm kind of the opposite of that. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like see, I, I like to just keep it you know keep it real. And I think it's yeah, a lot of yeah. people who take the route that I took it. And just being honest, man, I grew up and. A lot of stuff just playing in the neighborhood, bro, just being a part of, like, the neighborhood and what's going on. I wasn't really big on school sports until okay. late. And, okay. You know what I'm saying? I think my junior year, I grew to about six, seven and a half, and it was like at that point I didn't have a choice. It was like yeah. it, it made for me to play play sports. And mm-hmm. I had people who pushed me into playing basketball and stuff early. But what it was was, I hadn't I hadn't developed a mindset of a work ethic, you know what I mean. Okay. So, like when Cass was lifting weights in high school, I wasn't thinking about that. And just being, yeah. you know, being real, I played for the love of the game. Yeah, that's real. And I was just with playing in the neighborhood, and then somebody was just like, "Man, you got the size to really play, and you need to do something with that." So, mm-hmm. you know, tenure in my high school tenure was really just. I was really, like, learning the game. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't really good at the game like that. It wasn't until after my senior year. We went um, to prep school. I, had, I went to prep school, and what it was is my mom sat down with me, and she just told me straight up, you know what I mean? Like, even though we were doing better, you know, still a single-parent household, it's, it's it ain't no money for college. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just keeping it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart, but I wasn't applying myself in the classroom the best way I could, right? So mm-hmm. it was like, I don't got no money for you to go to school. You know what I mean? And that was a, a very surreal moment. You know what I mean? Like, damn, I don't want to be a burden to my mama, but shit, I'm about to be grown. I need to figure out what I'm going to do. So yeah. I went to prep and she made a deal with me. She's like, look, I'll pay for this prep school thing. And you got to promise me you get a scholarship. I'm like, all right, cool. So I changed my mindset towards the gang. Mm-hmm. And I went to a cut where it was like when I was playing against people where I had to do I felt like I had to do what I had to do you know I knew what it was mm-hmm. costing my mom and I knew she didn't have it like that you know what I mean yeah. so yeah. Growing, that's always been what it is it's like even like I, I ain't have none of the best stuff when we was in high school just because we just didn't have it like that now, I feel like people right. may have thought we did but we just didn't have it like that so it was like um, when I went to college that was just all off the strength of just finesse and going hard, man. You know what I mean? That one year mm-hmm. prep school, I played with a good team. I played with a lot of good players, and we just had some opportunities. And I didn't have to do a lot to get the looks that I needed to do get to go D1. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah, I took advantage of that opportunity to get that free education. So really, to keep it funky, like the first couple offers I got, I really entertained them. And when I went somewhere and I saw it was nice and it was decent, and, you know, they was like, yeah, we're going to take care of you this, this, and that way. I'm like, all right, well, then, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I never really yeah. went into it like, oh, I'm going to the NBA. I had already been around Captain Prep School that went to the NBA. Like, I, I played against Oak Hill, Mike Beasley. You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. we knew the, I knew the difference. I knew I wasn't going. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew the difference. <laughs> I'm looking at free. Like, these, these guys is made for the, you know, it's different. So, it's like, yeah, I took yeah, it. Yeah. 
used it as a hustle, man. I used it to hustle to to get by and get into school for free. I wasn't no star. I wasn't you super. I, I was. I could play the game, but I yeah. wasn't a big light kind of guy. You know what I mean? So I just had to right. get in school and do what I had to do. Uh, I love, I love, I love hearing your, your prep school route, man, because uh, I feel like a lot of uh, fans or, or people that just watch the game, they don't really know the inner workings or the inner metrics of of that prep school route. So uh, while you was in prep school, who would you say was the best player or the best team you played against uh, in, in prep school? Was it was it Oak Hill or was it somebody better? Oak Hill. Um, we played this team called Laurenburg Prep. They had a couple of dudes that people probably never heard of because they had school issues. But they was raw though. It was just different. It was nice. Like, yeah. Uh, like around that that time, you know, what I mean, oh five, oh six, oh oh six, oh seven. It was like around that time where you start to really see the big players playing guard. You know what yeah. I mean? And you know what I mean. Me being six eight, it was like I was playing against. So when I was in prep, and even in, in, in some of college, you know, with my job, I felt like was I was more like a raw man. You know what I mean? I just kind of in to deal with my role was. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I played hard. I cleaned up, you know what I mean? If I was more athletic, mm. I might have had a Rodman, you know what I mean? But it was just like, I had been around cats that Mike Beasley, um, Ty Lawson, all of oh, these nice. cats that were going to um, big-time schools, they were big-time players, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they were dogs. Yeah, like, me and Mike was the same time. He was actually a year younger than me at the time. Okay. And I'm looking at him like, this cat's six seven, six eight. He's doing everything with the left hand. He can shoot, dribble, do do do. It just put yeah. it, it put things in perspective. I think we all egos like, yeah, I want to go to the NBA. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. And then it's something like sometimes you gotta be real and be like, you know what? That's not that's not realistic. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like if I exactly. had a, if I learned a little earlier, maybe real, but I'm looking at it like, yeah, those those dudes was definitely built for the game. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like you can tell. Real yeah, free. Yeah. That makes sense. And then I went, so, man, we, yeah, what, what, what went into your decision uh, during the recruiting process to choose uh, the University of Liberty? Say one more time. I said, what went into your decision during the recruiting process to choose uni the University of Liberty when you, uh, when, when you started going there to play there? I went to a couple of schools, man. So my 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 range that I saw was I was going to be a, a, a mid-major mid player. So it was like, yeah. all right. Some offers from like Radford, Liberty. Um, the biggest look I had on the table was a look from Purdue, but that was based on someone else not taking the scholarship. Okay. So, okay. Um, when I went again, like I went to the school, I saw what it was. What I what I the reason why I chose Liberty, um, I didn't know that the culture of the school would be so. It was very political. It was a very like uh, conservative school, and mm. it was a lot of places you know, that they were trying to implant that, mm -hmm. I, you know, I respect you. I don't have nothing bad about it to say about it because it was definitely a positive environment. But it was a little more strict than I thought it was going to be. But, yeah. man, they had everything we needed, man. They had they, they had a, a nice dome to play in. They had the gear, you know what I'm saying? Like, they was right. like, you know, man, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, nobody really opened it. Nobody even showed me that side of the game. So when I was there, yeah. and I'm like, damn. Everything is new. Everything paid for. Oh, the food free. Oh, okay, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> you don't leave no money on the table, so I was like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. And then I was right. trying to sign quick too, because the longer I took the sign, 
the more years, the more months I had to stay in prep school. Now I think it was costing my mama like five, six hundred dollars a month, and she just okay. had that break. So I yeah. was like, really, whoever showed me the best deal, I really took it off the rip. I really did. That makes sense. That option, like I could have, but yeah, I mean, it, everything happened for a reason and played out the way it did. Definitely, definitely, man. So what was that transition like going from from prep school to to, to University of Liberty? Because I'm sure prep school was probably already infrastructure like college anyway. So what was that transition from from the prep school to Liberty like? I think I think the dopest thing about that transition to prep school was I was already playing with uh, players that had came from all over the country. So I right. was already playing. I had already kind of stepped into a, a situation similar to how college is when you get a bunch of different guys from a different bunch of different areas and you guys are trying to work on one game plan. The only difference is, is prep school, we have a team goal, but it's really a, a lot of individual goals. Everybody's trying to get right. that. Trying to get the right. Everybody's trying to get that, that biggest scholar, yeah. Exactly. So when I got to Liberty, and at prep school, we was all around the same age. When I got to Liberty, I think it was the first time that I think this for any college freshman, when you get somewhere and you've got eight guys on the team that you really look up to because they're so much older than you. It's the first time you feel like, usually like even in high school, we on the same team, play varsity, play JV. You're playing with the same kind of age group of the guys you're coming in. This is the first time I'm coming in at 17, 18 years old as a dude on the team that's 22, 21 years old. So it's like, he, mm-hmm. even though as an adult, that that gap isn't a lot. As a as a teenager, that gap is crazy. It's like yeah, yeah, you talk yeah. He didn't already been through the motions. He really mm-hmm. not only is he okay, but it's kind of like a big brother situation where it's like you really feeling like you can learn from the people around you rather than yeah. in high school. It's madly like you. I mean, you could you know you got a couple players that's better, but even then the IQs and your understanding of the game is pretty much the same. Right, right, right. Yeah, that that makes sense, man. So. Talk about any moments that stood out to you while you were at uh, Liberty before you transferred to uh, Creighton State. So, yeah, I definitely – so we had a coach change at Liberty. And, um, you know, I, I don't like to talk negative about nobody, but it just – we wasn't – we weren't okay. on the same – I didn't like the way the new coach interacted with our teammates. You know what I mean? And right. it was a lot of – so when he came in, he had already come in with people we had recruited. Right, and we had saw that they had recruited more uh, spots than they did have scholarships open. So I saw players, you know, what I mean, like that first year, yeah, that first year I played for him. You know, it was my sophomore year I played for him, but I saw players that had been brought in that he had kind of got rid of. And I, I mean, originally from what I was talking to him, it wasn't like he was coming for my scholarship. You know what I mean? But I kind of saw how we had a couple small instances with other players where he would use a small instance to use it as a major, something major, and take their whole scholarship. And I'm just like, damn. Okay. It was really the first time I looked at this, at, at, at the basketball and the college thing, like, it's a business. You know what it's I'm definitely, saying? It's definitely a business, yeah. It's a commodity. And, and until the better commodity comes, you know what I'm saying, that, that is what it is. Like, any at any time, if you're not producing or you're not producing value, that is, you know, you're gone. So it's like, I had to see it for what it was, but also I just didn't like the fact that my thing is if you're going to be cutthroat and you want to do what's best for the team, I cannot hate that. If the players are better, I cannot hate that. But don't mm-hmm. use God and God in there and try to use God as this, this, and that. I felt like uh, the coaching at the time was very much critical of my lifestyle, and my lifestyle yeah. didn't really matter at the time with what 
the Christian values was at the school. Um, okay. I was getting young, you know what I'm saying? I'm finding myself, so it's like, but I feel like they was using that against me. <laughs> and they just yeah. against me a couple of teammates, and it was like, all right, well, fine. You know what I mean? I'm not really trying. Like I said again, I'm not trying to go to the NBA. No matter where I go to school, as long as I get an education. So I was right. like, well, I'm not going to be where I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, And I felt uncomfortable. I felt like the stepchild. You know what I mean? Like, I felt yeah. like there was teammates I had. You know, Liberty is super Christian, super conservative. I had teammates getting married. You know what I'm saying? Like, marrying their girlfriend. Damn, that, that young, huh? <laughs> yeah, because of the influences that was coming from up top. And it's like, yeah, nah, See, I never bro. knew Liberty was a Christian school. I never knew that. Oh man. It's, it, and it's crazy. Cause it's, it's, they got a lot going for the school. So so much to do is, and I really love the, I love, I still think it's a positive environment. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm. It definitely strengthened my relationship with God, but it was also a very judgmental environment too. You know okay. what I mean? So it's like being in a judgmental environment. And then on top of that, everybody, you ain't really, you don't really look like the the people you going to school with, and yeah. I, it was just a good fit for me. I felt more comfortable at Clay State because it felt like more, like it catered to who I was. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. Yeah. So you know, but again, I have no negatives to say about it. Program's doing great. He's the same coach that's there now, so he's. I mean, he's doing what he said he was gonna come and do. So I, I, oh, I okay. like. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. But, so when you when you transferred to Clay State. Uh, did you feel like you took a step back? Did you did you get discouraged at all, or 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 more, or you were more happy? You were more so happy, like you said, to be in a more comfortable environment that 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 kind of spoke your language. I will say this: when you're young, that whole thing about I'm going D1 and D1 and D2 and all of that, I think that's just a it's an ego thing of being young and being ignorant to the, to, to collegiate sports because. Mm-hmm. When I went there, my first mindset was like, yeah, it's Division Two, So I'm like, okay, um, it is a step back. Right. But then once we start to play, and I realized that it was a lot of Division One transfers, a lot of guys that came here because of how things was going in their personal life and their school life. I yeah. realized, like, on the level, if you just wanted to be real, like, I was still playing with the same level of competition. And the only right. difference was at Liberty, we had a chance to play against high major schools, which – really on that level of all collegiate levels, how I would compare things is really skill levels, not too much different. It's just the speed of the game and the athleticism of the players. So yeah, yeah that makes sense. So it was like, man, as I enjoy Clayton State because at Liberty, we weren't contenders. So okay. we were trying to find a way. And he eventually, like I said, he built a program. But at the time, we just weren't, we weren't, um, we weren't winners. And we didn't expect yeah. to win. You know what I mean, yeah. and that has a that's a culture and an energy all of itself to be on a certain teams like that. So it's like at Clayton State, yeah, I took a, a step down Division Two, but we was really playing in the ACC, a Division Two basketball. We was playing in the mm-hmm. best division of Division Two basketball. So I still was around cast that could hoop. It was oh, of course, of course. Clayton State was a winning team, so yeah. we win. You know what I'm saying? We was pre-rank going into the season, it just felt different. It felt like it was more to play for. And it yeah, felt like yeah. different. Uh, it's a different culture. It was the mm-hmm. culture there. The coach talked to us like, yo, we trying to win the championship. We trying to win the, the region. We trying to get yeah. to this match. Trying to, just trying to play winning basketball. Exactly. Like we were, yeah. So it's easier to be bought in. So when I went into to, to Clayton State, I kind of really bought into my role. You know what I'm saying? Like, actually, yeah. I was playing more 
started and all that. So it was like, I just felt like, okay, I wanted to win. We got a chance to win. So what can I do to win? At Liberty, it just kind of felt like I'm here to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that makes a lot of sense, man. So, uh, I just, just a few more questions. Did you did you aspire to maybe try to look at a an overseas opportunity, or you or you just knew you just wanted your education, you wanted your bachelor's degree, and you were cool with transitioning to the real world? It's, so when I left Liberty, I mean when I left Clayton State, I actually uh, tore my meniscus my senior year, and. I tore my junior year. I played on half of it my senior year, and it just it just frustrated my game. And I just need I wasn't able to heal. Cause I didn't get the surgery until like two months before season started. And my coach was very again it's a business, right? He was yeah. adamant like play. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like oh, coach, let me red shirt. You know what I'm saying? And let me yeah. heal up. It was oh, I need you to play. You know what I mean? Again, it's a business. Okay. So yeah. um, when you, I left, you, you rest your recovery. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Like my recovery wasn't the same. It was frustrating. So when I actually finished playing ball in college, it was weird because I, that last couple months of the season, I didn't play. I left the team, and I ended up healing up and getting my body right and getting in shape. I, and this was around the time, too, I started to really buy into working out and, and, yeah. and all of that. I became more obsessed because my degree was in nutrition, so I started to pay attention to, like, how – I looked and, and my, you know, my ability, my, all of that. So Yeah, yeah, your friends, food intake and all that stuff, yeah. Exactly. So I left Clayton State, it was like, based on my size and my physique at the time, I was getting looks to play overseas, even though I didn't have the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I just looked apart. So people were yeah. giving me opportunities that I would say I had teammates that probably deserved those opportunities more than I did. But yeah. I, uh, I went to go try to play in Lisbon and I actually broke my hip. I broke my okay. head. Uh, it was really Wait, why, why, why you why you why you were out there? Yeah, no, actually, it was I went to a Nike tournament. They had an AC three Nike tournament here, like a hip hop okay. AC three, and Nike had like a little tournament outside. And yeah. I was trying to listen. I had a teammate that was in listening, and he was setting me up. And I had been talking to people, so I was like, okay, cool, this is what I'm gonna do. It's all yeah, it's all, it was almost in the work. Yeah, it was in the works, and I actually uh, broke, broke I, my hip popped out the socket. Man, the floor broke at the uh, the tournament, and oh, I did man. the split, and it dislocated my hip. So, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. what I mean? after that, yeah, that kind nah, that kind of injury, yeah, that's hard to come back from. Yeah, it's a different kind of injury. You know what I mean? Like you just, and then on yeah. top of that, it's just. Change your body, your body change, you know. What oh I mean? yeah, your body just feel different after that, man. I, I tore my pec. I tore my pec at my senior year of college, man. And and I, I I'm still I still feel the aches of that now. Now that I'm in my 30s, man. So uh so let me ask you two more questions, bro. Talk about man the day you knew that like you was you was you was done with hoop, like you was you was gonna transition, man. Was that a was that a good day? Was it a bad day? I mean, for me, because I could I could only vouch for my experience, you know what I'm saying? It was it was it was a bad day. It was a bad transition for me. It took me months to, to I felt like I underachieved, you know, just being real and honest and transparent. A 20 year relationship, you know what I'm saying? Like checked off everything, all the awards, all the accolades. And, and that's why I love your story because your story was a bit different from mine, but my, my shit was pretty seamless. All the awards, all the accolades, all the offers, Big Ten, uh, starter, all these, all these things, man. But to never get to that highest level, and, and you know that's the goal. You know that, that was it was a hard pill to swallow. And like you say, I don't know if it was it. Maybe it was some ego because I had done so many things. 
uh, and I just thought that I was going to make it. But the fact that I never got the opportunity, it, it, it was a hard transition for me. So was that hard for you? Was it seamless? Did you already know that you really wasn't? Because I, I know you, you was talking, you was thinking about going overseas. Uh, so was it easy? Like, just talk about it a little bit. Man, I'm gonna be honest, man. Like, yeah, from the start of college, I was just kind of like, I was more of a, I was more of a college student than I was a collegiate athlete. Maybe that one, that one year at Clayton, my junior year. We had a good we had a good team and okay. we had a lot of transfers from big schools. So we had a good team and we had a shot to really go far and I was really bought in. But um like I said, man, in, in high school, man, I was chilling so much. I wasn't really into nothing that when I got to college, I kinda wowed out. So <laughs> it was <laughs> like I, <laughs> that's I real, that's real. <laughs> it's real, you know what I'm saying? I just like to keep it funky, you know what I'm saying? Like exactly. so I kind of stepped away from the idea of seeing a future behind anything athletic as far as that I, and also too man like I love basketball but I analyze it from um not from a, a user standpoint but an overseer it's like I could teach right. the game I think my exactly. team will be able to take the the size and strength that I have and do a lot more with the game than I ever was because it's exactly. be somebody there teach them the game I didn't learn. I learned all of that later. So I fell in love with the game at a later age. So I really fell in love with the game, like how we can sit down and talk about Bron and the overall strategy of the teams and different stuff like that. I love right. that thought about. I, so I, it's like, as far as being a player, I didn't go through a whole lot of um, uh, of a mental stress that damn I ain't gonna make it. I was already yeah. thinking steps ahead of that. Like damn, I <laughs> that was yeah. probably. Like, like yeah, that. yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. And, and you definitely got you definitely have like a you definitely have a basketball mind. Like you said, more of an overseer mind. I think I think that's why we used to vibe off basketball so much too. Cause because obviously football is my main sport, but you know, I hooped for like 10 years as well. So like I I feel like I I knew the game pretty well too. And I feel like that's why we used to always vibe uh talking talking hoop. You know what I'm saying? We can still do that to this day, man. But yeah, I love I, I love the honesty, man, because that, that's why I love getting different dudes on here because every everybody's story is so different. So it's dope that how you fell in love with basketball later and you took the prep school route and all those things and you were, you were kind of ready. It sounds like to me, you already kind of knew, you know, what you wanted to do, uh, you know, outside of that, you, you kind of used basketball as a vehicle, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely, man. So last question, what would you say is Armand Jones after effect, uh, you know, of your entire athletic career? What were some lessons that you learned, you know, that basketball taught you that, your education at Liberty, your education at Creighton State taught you that you will use, that you still use to this day in your in your entrepreneurship endeavors, um, and also that you would take and ingratiate, you know, to your future family, uh, you know, as we really just try to push this culture forward, push our culture forward. Man, I, I think what I'm, what I learned from Clayton going to going to school at Clayton is that I I really learned that the sports game is it's, it's a business, man, and I guess that just also touch what I, I think also I, I took from from sports is like what your mentality is your confidence level is, mm -hmm. is very important to to your success in anything because I would say looking back on it now I guess I could joke on it and say yeah I knew I wasn't going to that but in the moment you know what I mean if I had a young person that was trying to do something I would tell them like that's not the right mindset to have because right. you know what I mean, like how much of collegiate sports is is your confidence. It's your game. I know plenty of cats that can hoop, but when the lights come on, it's just like, man, yeah. they don't right. Put it together. Right. But <laughs> right. 
he ain't that good, but they think they that good. So when the lights come on, they perform well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's a mental thing. It's like I, what I would take from it is what whatever you whatever you have mentality wise is going to really push what you what you want to do. Whatever your outcome is, if you think you're going to be great and you're ready to manifest those things, mm-hmm. and you're ready to put them behind it too. That was another mm-hmm. thing in college. I didn't start lifting weights and all of that till I was like damn near 22, 23 years old. Like I wasn't really yeah. a weightlifter. Ooh, I didn't know what my body could do until I was a better athlete post college than I ever was in college, which was weird. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's like that's what a lot of the games like we don't learn that is that you got to put the work in. You want to be great, you got to put the work in. As I look at it now, I'm like damn, I had access to a gym, I had access to all the stuff that I paid for, and I was like damn, I took for granted when I was in college. But that's because yeah. my mindset. Time, it wasn't thinking like that. So now, when I mm-hmm. look back on, it, like all I can think about now is had the right mentality to know what what you really want, and, and then do what you need to do to go ahead and manifest those things. Because I apply that now as an adult. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if I want to do, I know I got to apply the work. I know mm-hmm. I got to invest. I have to apply the research. But as a, mm-hmm. as a young man, I feel like sometimes you just allow everything to just come to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, cool with you, you know, you build like Braun and you, you know what I'm saying, you right. you seven foot, you, you know what I'm saying, but if you if you my height and you want to play the four in the league, you want to be the next Marquise Morris or or, or P.J. Tucker, nigga, you got to really buckle down and be, be, you know what I'm saying, put your mind exactly. in something and fix weak spots is and what you can add to the game to be great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fact, man. I think that's a, that's a great after effect, bro, and, um, yeah, so that's all I had, man. Um, something I've been trying to pride myself on, 2020, 2021, I think it was a weird year. We've seen, so, seen so many people uh, pass. I've been trying to pride myself on giving all my boys and all my friends and uh, their flowers while they're still here, man. I feel like I've built so many relationships over, over these 20 years of sports, man. So I want to tell you, face, face up, man, and man, eyes to eyes, man. Super proud of everything you've done, everything you, you're doing. Keep going, man. Keep, you know what I'm saying, representing for our culture, man. And I'm excited to um, get together this summer and do like a live, you know what I'm saying, a round table. I actually ran into James yesterday. So I, I, I'm i just kind of planting that seed. I want to get get both of y'all together because I love y'all stories. You know, he's an architect now, but y'all played together at Texas State, man. So I want to do something live in person, possibly this summer, man. But I just want to show you that love and give you a flowers, man, while we both still here. I appreciate it, bro. You already know I'm supporting you in every way, bro. I've, I've been watching you do your thing and really step into your confidence. So... It's a good yeah, look, yeah. bro. <laughs> try to get try to get comfortable, man. You you already know it's a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you for having me, bro. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Appreciate you too, man. So yeah, we'll be in touch, bro. Definitely. All right, bro. Enjoy your day. All right, you too. All right. Yeah, guys. So uh I appreciate Armand Zones for 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 joining. Um he has has a great story. Uh definitely different, you know. Like he kind of preluded to, he, um, you know, got to basketball later in his life and went to prep school route, then played Division One at University of Liberty, then transferred to Division Two Clayton State. Now I was a serial entrepreneur in the Atlanta area. I'm super excited to have a live sit down with them this summer with another one of his teammates who's an architect. Uh, yeah, as we transition to more on location interviews, you know, as the world be- begins to attempt to try to open up a bit, right? Uh, yeah, so got some cool things in the works for our future episodes. Um, just wanna be honest and transparent on my platform and let you all know that 
the only reason I haven't dropped my merch yet, or, you know, t-shirts, hats, is because I'm trying to, I, I want to get the business infrastructure right first. Uh, what my podcast will be under as far as my production company and things of that and things of that nature. So just really trying to get the business uh, side down first before I, you know, put those items on sale. So I appreciate you all for being patient with me. This is episode 53. We're, 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 we're keeping these things rolling. And just continue to rock with me. If you are watching this on YouTube, please like, please share. If you have a question, please comment. Be sure to subscribe to LeBron Daniel TV. If you are listening to this via, via, via audio, please leave us a review. As you know, uh, the only way that we get paid from our podcast uh, via audio is through uh, the amount of listenership that we get per episode. Uh, so yeah, if, if you've got a couple of seconds, leave a review, uh, uh, rate us on, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, that's what I use. So yeah, until the next time, peace.